Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I sure hope you planted all your peas on St. Patrick's Day because that was Doug's advice a week ago. He's got a follow-up on that, talking daffodils, herb garlics, and more, and the onion snow. But before we get to all of that and we get to Doug, your host of The Organic Gardener and also the first of the season, Davy Trees Talking Trees with... Rob Krulljack coming up in about 30 minutes. Let's take the 10th caller right now at 412-922-1020. That 10th caller will win a $25 gift certificate to Sorgles in Wexford. And now the host for the most when it comes to Green Thumb News and more, Mr. Doug Oster. Good morning, Doug. Good morning, Rob. And boy, it is cold out there today. I did plant my peas uh, on St. Patrick's Day. And I have, I've got three garden stories to start off the show today. And the first one is rather harrowing. <laughs> and it relates to planting peas. Um, so some people know this story. But last year at the Home and Garden Show, I was having trouble catching my breath. And I just thought it was some kind of respiratory thing. And, you know, I'm walking across the convention center floor carrying a bag of pit moss and had to stop. And then I was, you know, speaking a couple times every day and had to do one one of those uh, appearances sitting down, which is a first. Uh, one time I called up somebody. It was actually Ben Kamenis, uh, uh who, who had moved on from KDKA, but he came up and talked a little bit about producing the show and such. And... You know, after the show was over, again, I kept thinking, well, you know, this will this will pass, this will pass, this is some kind of respiratory thing, but it didn't. And uh, one day I went to the ER and it was packed. <laughs> but when you're 62 years old and tell them you're having shortness of breath, boom, I was in an exam room in 10 minutes. Um, and the doctor, you know, did some tests and stuff. He says, boy, you got... Uh, all sorts of fluid around your lungs and heart and et cetera. So they admitted me and they worked on it and um, I have a you know like this a genetic heart defect, but we're we're working on it. Everything's okay. Uh, but I I was lamenting. I was in there for like four or five days and I was lamenting the fact that uh, for forty years <laughs> I had planted my peas on St. Patrick's Day and this was going to be the first year, maybe longer than forty. I don't know. This is going to be the first year that I was not going to be able to put them in the ground or, or even plant them anyway on St. Patrick's Day. Because it can be, there's lots of different ways to get them planted on St. Patrick's Day. And it's just because, it's just because it's a tradition, that's all. It doesn't, it doesn't you know, there's nothing about that day that you have to plant your peas. Uh, but, it, you know, my grandmother said, you plant your peas on St. Patrick's Day. That's how I've done it for all these years. Well, anyway... In the hospital, and I, I got this story posted at Uh 
one day my wife somehow, she's not a gardener, found pea seeds, got some planting mix, a pot, and brought it into the hospital. And I was able to plant my peas on St. Patrick's Day in a little pot on the windowsill. And, you know, when I was discharged, uh, I took them home. Uh, they sprouted in that pot. I gently put them in the, in the ground, and they grew like crazy. And we had a nice harvest of peas, and we both had uh, quite a laugh about eating those peas and uh, getting them planted on the right day. So the streak continues, uh, being able to plant on St. Patrick's Day. And, uh, if you didn't get your peas in, there's no big deal. Like, you know, it's like 17 degrees out there, I think, this morning. And so there's a whole, there's a month uh, long window to plant peas. But the, the lesson is that peas and many other crops, they love cool weather. And so if you plant them too late, they're just, they're, if they're not going to do it if they're, if they're coming on the vine in July or something like that. Get them in early when the ground is ready. All right, story number two. So yesterday I was just, uh, you know, it was a kind of a blustery day, but it was sunny in the morning, and I went for a nice walk in the woods. And I saw up on the top of the hill, uh, my neighbor, uh, we were good gardening friends for well over 20 years. And he passed away a few years ago. And then, you know, his wife uh, passed away last year. And, you know, somebody bought the property, and he had this amazing garden. I mean, you know, it won the first Post-Gazette uh, garden contest. It was just amazing. They just leveled it. I talked about it before. It was heartbreaking. But this was amazing that he did this all these years ago. He planted a bunch of daffodils outside his property line onto mine, and we talked about it all the time. He goes, anytime you want to pick them, go ahead. But I, I never did. They were Rob's daffodils, you know. Uh but yesterday when I saw him up there, I walked up there, sat on a sat on an old log, and uh, picked some of those. And there's more coming, and it's just a it's a nice memory of of, uh, of a fellow gardener who we spent so much time. When I would go to the top of the property, he would come to the bottom of his. We'd have a couple beers, talk gardening. Geez, we fished together, all sorts of stuff. So you know, flowers like that, they sure can. Uh, you sure can bring back great memories. And then story number three. <laughs> Last year, a woman called me and said that she had this garlic. I mean, they've been growing it for forever. It was a you know, it was her father's neighbor gave it to them, and she was having trouble uh, getting them to. Uh, they they he, she would pick them, and then they would rot right away. So there was some kind of rot in the soil, some kind of problem, and so I, I worked hard with her to. Because uh, she had some in her garden that were bad, but that she said others back in Ohio in her father's garden, plus some of some of the uh, scapes which have the seeds on them. So I got these, you know, garlic going. I wanted to help save this variety. Uh, the, the last name of the gentleman who who gave them the garlic was Herb E R B, which is kind of ironic because uh, it's you know like an herb, <laughs> and. So I grew this garlic, I grew the scapes, I got them going so that they would be they wouldn't have that fungal problem. And I had them hanging in my garden shed and you might have heard me talk a couple times about my garden shed, a branch fell off this big oak tree and smashed my garden shed. And so I before the uh Michael Michael's brothers came to take that away, I reached in there and got what I thought was all the garlic out of there. There wasn't that much of it, but I saved some. And then I looked yesterday, and and the must the 
when they drug the shed, shed away, they must some of those clothes must have come out of there because they're they're all over the yard. The garlic's coming up, so I'm going to move those, uh, get those into uh, into the ground, and I'm going to you know, like I said perpetuate that garlic. It's a good project. And at the Home and Garden Show, I got some interesting info about onions uh, from uh, the onion kings of Pittsburgh, Bob and Noah Carabinos. Uh, They are friends of mine and grow the most amazing onions. I can't grow onions worth anything. You know, I grow little uh, bunching onions, evergreen white bunching onions that I love, but I can never grow the big ones. I just don't have the sun for it. And I was talking to them and the onion snow is like the last one or two snows of the season. And it, it, it snows during the day and then it's gone by the end of the day. But they told me that the onion snow is an important thing in that it makes bigger onions. And I had never heard that or known that before. And if these guys are telling me that it, it's for sure. And so they get their onions in as soon as they can. If we have time later in the show, we'll talk a little bit about onion planting uh, but I thought that was great. And a couple things I got going on this week, real quick. Uh, I, As you heard, I'm going back to Croatia in May of 2024, but that, that thing's going to be sold out by this May. It just, it just will, because I can only take 35 people. We're on this private yacht. Well, I'm hosting a webinar about the trip on Wednesday, Wednesday at 6 p.m. It covers all the details of the trip. Uh, you can get that information at DougOster.com. And one more thing before we get our break. I'm starting a brand new series of free online gardening classes for farm-to-table by local. That starts Thursday. We've got 10 classes in total, absolutely free, Thursday, 5 p.m. We also record them if you can't get on that time. Anybody can sign up. Again, that's all on DougOster.com. This week it's gardening for first-timers and old-timers, how to create the right garden for you. All right, Rob, you ready for a break? Yeah, we are. We are ready for that break. And I just want to remind everyone that it's almost that time for us to feed the need with the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. March 29th, our Giant Eagle Feed the Need Radiothon will be raising money to provide meals for our neighbors in need. Text NEED to 50155, and your donation will provide meals locally. Brought to you by Nemecolon, Spitzer Toyota, UPMC, Life-Changing Medicine, and 84 Lumber. All the details at kdkradio.com. And now it's time for you to phone in and talk to Doug. Gardening questions coming up next from you today on The Organic Gardener, 866-391-1020. Don't forget, Larry and Marty looking for hometown heroes. If you know someone doing extraordinary things in your community, we want to know about them. Nominations are now open at kdkradio.com. Larry and Marty's hometown heroes, 100.1 FM, AM 1020, KDK. Again, the number to get a question in here with Doug, it is 866-391-1020. And coming up within 15 minutes, the first Davy Tree Talking Tree segment of the year, Rob Krulljack will be here. And again... The number to join us right now, 866-391-1020. All right, Doug, let's talk about planting seeds outside other than your peas and also maybe some things on the indoors as well. Go ahead. Yeah, it might seem crazy with how cold it is this morning, but uh, this is the time to start our cool weather crops. And uh, we always say this, that if you're going to get into the soil, you've got to make sure that it's workable, friable, and that means that when you dig it and flip it over, it doesn't stick to the shovel. And so if you've got these really, you know, like me, nice beds where they've been, compost has been dumped on them year after year after year, it's easy. You can plant. But let's say you've you got clay soil, you know, it's not that great. You turn it over. Again, it's wet and sticky. All we do is we go to the nursery, and any nursery that was closed for the winter is going to be opening soon. 
and so you go to your nursery, you get a bag of compost or two, and you just throw that onto the soil. And now you can plant some of these seeds, but again, it's about choosing the right plants, about choosing the plants that love cool weather. Yeah, in my case, it's the peas, but then you add all sorts of leafy greens and lettuce and just all sorts of crazy stuff. Anything that loves cool weather, spinach, beets, Swiss chard, uh, arugula, other greens, radishes, carrots, the list goes on. These plants, they don't care about a frost. They don't care about a cold weather. Yeah, we've got this you know, cold start to this, the morning, but in the next couple of days, it's going to be in the 50s. And so these plants are these seeds are used to that you know up and down of, of winter and i just want to throw out a couple very unusual cool weather crops that you should be able to find seeds for at our local nurseries and so the first is one called tatsoi it's t a t s o i and i discovered it maybe 10 years ago not only does it thrive in cold weather it can only grow in cold weather and it's from the mustard uh, you know, kale family, and it has a, a deep green leaf in in these rosettes that, uh, again, it just it's really good for you, but real mild, so it doesn't have a real strong flavor, and so you could throw it into a salad for a kid, and they wouldn't think anything about it. I love growing that stuff. A really weird one, going way down the rabbit hole. It's called Hamburg rooted parsley. This is an old-fashioned vegetable that I I maybe discovered three four years ago man this thing is cool it's underneath is like kind of a white carrot like parsnip like root that is real super tasty that sits there all season but the top is edible it's like a parsley only sweeter and it goes way back 1600 1700s again these seeds are at are are in one of uh, some of these racks you know look around a little bit for them there's a beet that I love, and we've talked about it on the show forever. It's called Chioja. It's named for an Italian fishing village. It's an 1800s heirloom. And the thing about the beet is on the outside it looks like a normal red beet, but when you cut it open, it has a creamy white inside with concentric pink rings. And I'll tell you what, when you cut that open, in fact, I had some of them at the Home and Garden Show. We had this area where you the kids could dig in these big giant troughs for root crops and I had some chioja beets and I cut them in half and left them in there and inside of these concentric concentric pink pink rings <laughs> that look like a, a target uh, so they're they're just really cool and then uh, of course me and my dandelions uh, this is the time to try you know our wild dandelions this is the time when we pick them be sure that no one's been spraying anything on there. Be sure the dog isn't walking by there, but you know, go pick a few little dandelion greens. But the seed part of it, there are cultivated varieties of dandelions that don't make flowers that we just grow for the the foliage. And the reason we do it is dandelions are an acquired taste, but they're really good for you. One of the most nutritious plants on the planet. But the ones that we, the cultivated ones, are much less bitter than our wild ones, and as I said, they're really great for you. And it's a, again, it's like an Italian thing uh, to to grow dandelions. And Rob, do we have got time to go to talk a little bit about planting onions? Yeah, you got a couple of minutes. All right, good. No callers, huh? Jeez, must be too cold this morning. <laughs> um, so there's a couple different ways to start onions. You know, you could start seeds indoors. Uh, you could get 
sets, they call them, which is just like a little dried onion, or you could do plants. Now, Jessica Walliser, who used to host the show with me, she did this great research about the sets, those little dried onions. You'll see it every nursery. Even you'll see them in grocery stores to plant. She says that actually the smaller that the set is, the bigger the onion will be. And I thought that was interesting because whenever I bought sets, I was always going for the biggest sets I could find, but it's the reverse. And then onion plants. Again, most nurseries will have these, usually in bunches of 75. And that's a really popular way to plant onions. Uh, They'll usually have a, a white one, purple one, and then like sweet Spanish. And a very easy way to get onions started, get them started right. You need, like in my case, I just don't have the full sun for them. I've tried year after year to to grow big onions. I can grow garlic like crazy. I can grow uh, little bunching onions, no problem. But I can't ever get them to head up really big, no matter what I do with the soil pH and all that sort of thing. And so full sun and lots of water, that's what onions need. You know, a good layer of mulch. And this is the time, just real quick, Rob, to start seeds indoors. Number one thing. Get a nice lighting source. You know, mine came from Andy Ann Rhyme at Andy Ann Rhyme, Rhyme at I can't talk this morning. EV True Value Hardware. They're just these LED lights that like kind of stick up. They've got a magnet on them, stick up on like a piece of metal, like a metal cabinet, and they're bright and they're cheap to run. Mm-hmm. Anybody can start a seed indoors and just have bright light, and you're good to go. After the break, it's going to be Talking Trees with Davey, with the Davy Tree Expert Company. Yeah, Rob Krujak going to be here. Spring checklist time, moments away. KDKA, good morning. All right, before we get to the first of the spring season, of course, it is Davy Tree's Talking Trees, and it's all about spring checklist time and curb appeal and all those things that are so important when it comes to that outdoor living space. Uh, he will be here with Doug in just a matter of moments, but right now, if you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, you win yourself a $25 gift certificate to Janoski's. Looking for the 10th caller at 412-922-1020. Well, welcoming Rob Krueljack to the show again from the Davy Tree Expert Company for our Talking Trees segment. And we are going to talk about a spring checklist, Rob, but I want to talk a little bit about the fun we had at the Home and Garden Show, uh, showing how to plant a tree and how to prune a tree without putting it in the ground. <laughs> that was a big tree that you brought. Uh, you, you were you were moving that thing around like it was a rag doll. I had to use a hand truck. <laughs> yeah, it was a 17-inch RuPaul. It, uh, it worked pretty <laughs> Pretty well for the demonstration, I thought. Uh, smallest I could get, to put it that way. <laughs> we had work. We had talked about this for months. Uh, wanted to be together on stage, and it was a great presentation to show. Uh, you know, one of the most important things: finding where that root flare is. And so, let's talk about that first, and we'll get into our spring checklist. If anyone is planting a tree this spring, you said during that presentation one of the biggest mistakes people make. Is planting them too deep, right? That's correct. I, I think that it, from the feedback we got, that sounded like the biggest takeaway people uh, got from the presentation was the fact that, you know, before you eat. All right. We uh, seem to have lost Rob Krueljack, but he'll be back in just a moment, I'm sure. But uh, something went awry and he disappeared. So he will reappear in just a couple of moments. But Let me continue with what he yes, was saying. Go. Uh, what what he showed me in this presentation was he had a big bald and burlap tree, and even when you buy them that way or you buy them out of the store with in just a, a pot, you've got to kind of 
gently brush off the top until you get to this area on the tree where it called the root flare, where the tree meets the roots. And that has to be a little above grade. Uh, we we found out from doing this presentation, you know, people people were asking that I, I, they all want to plant it too deep, thinking that's a better thing. Did we get Rob yeah. back? Yeah, yeah I'm back. back. All right. So I talked a little bit about root yeah. flare, but let's move on to our spring checklist. Yeah. What's the What's the first thing you think about when you're looking at a property early in the spring here? Let's get cleaned up. You know, after the winter, you know, the wind storms, the leaves blow around. The, you know, the, the, there's, you know, just just to get, get a general clean up to to kind of get your eye on the space that you're going to be working with. Uh, you know, when the weather actually uh, stays consistently nice. <laughs> And when does when does planting start full force in our area? Are you, have, did you guys plant during the winter, or does it happen early in the spring? You know, really, uh, as long as the plant material is available and the ground's not frozen, go ahead and plant trees. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the, the, sum, the dog days of summer when things are dry and really hot and watering is uh, you know required every day. Yeah, maybe you want to hold off then, but yeah, during the dormant season of the of the plants, yeah, as long as you can get the the plant you're looking for and you can dig the ground, there's no problem putting that 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 plant in. So we've cleaned up everything from the winter. What's mm-hmm. the next thing? Are we looking down, looking up, or looking both ways? Uh, both ways, really. Uh, you know, it, it'd be a great time if you were considering putting some new uh, new landscaping in to maybe have us uh, come out and do a soil test for you. Um, to determine like what, what nutrients may be lacking in the soil or if the pH is off, that sort of thing. Because depending on the plant you're putting in, uh, that, that may require something different than uh, the, the, the medium you're actually working with there. Um, and then looking up, of course, you know, uh, again, after the winter, there's no leaves on the trees right now. So, you know, seeing uh, broken hanging branches or maybe noticing a cavity in a tree that you haven't seen before or something that just looks percu- peculiar, you know that that's a good time again to have uh, the eyes out and maybe have an arborist come out and take a look at your uh, the property on the uh, the upper side on the on the tree side. You know, and it's important to, that you get to these jobs early. That you don't wait and wait and wait. If you see there's a problem, you know, call a certified arborist. And when I talk about a certified arborist, I always say this that they have this code of ethics. They're not there. To, to sell you on fear. They are there to make some basically scientific decisions on what should happen with this tree. But talk a little bit about the importance of getting on these jobs early. You know, it, you know, yeah, the small problems can be, and this could be even with the younger trees, you know, you'd be talking about not just early in the spring, but just early in a, a tree's lifespan, you know, correcting, like we were talking about pruning on stage, you know, corrective pruning at a, at a, in a young stage of a tree's life is important because you can fix small problems that never become big problems for the tree, such as like co-dominant stems or, or crossing branches that could really become, uh, you know, an issue in the future with the structural stability of the tree. Is there anything that you think about coming into spring after such a mild winter or does it not make a difference? Yeah, I'm still waiting for a really bad cold snap that's really going to maybe knock back some of our trees and, and plants that are already budding out right now. Um, I, I just don't know that we're fully you know, moving into the warm weather just yet, but that, that could be an issue for uh, for the things that are being kind of tricked into thinking it's a lot later in the, the, the season, or later in the spring than it is. 
Well, Rob, I'm worried, as always, every spring, I'm worried about my magnolia. I had my little walk, walk in the woods yesterday, and those buds are starting to swell. Not not huge, but what do you think with how cold it was this morning? Am I still going to get my magnolia buds? You've got to tell me. You're the expert. <laughs> uh, you know, it, the different areas of Pittsburgh hold different uh, air temperatures. You know, it's really hard to say. Um, but you know, it's really kind of where your plant is along the, the time frame of the, the that bud expansion, uh, without seeing yours personally, I really, you know, it, it's hard to sell the bigger they are, the more susceptible they're going to be to the frost, to the cold, because there's just more moisture in the buds at that time. You know, this is an old fashioned magnolia. It's been on property. Who knows how long it is a huge tree. You know, as I said, buds are just starting to swell, and I knew you couldn't tell but unless you saw it. I was just just praying. What do you do when you're planting magnolias? Are there different varieties that don't don't do this, or do all magnolias like do they do this where you never know if you're going to get your flowers or not? Well, you know, it's kind of part of it depends on where your the the nursery stock is coming from. You know, if we're getting uh your nursery stock from your local nursery, that's getting it from somewhere in the Carolinas where those Trees have never seen temperatures below who knows fifties, forties, something like that. And you bring them up into, you know, our our climate zone. Yeah, it's, it's going to affect the tree a lot differently than one that's grown locally, say uh, Tree Pittsburgh. You know, where where they collect uh, seed from, you know, native trees in the area mm-hmm. that, that they're using to grow. They're already, you know, tested, tolerant, hardy to to our climate zone. Um, but the other thing to consider, too, is with climate change, our, our climate zone is going to probably change also, you know, where, where you know, some trees will be more tolerant of, uh, of the less cold weather up, up north here than they, they used to be. You know, we got about a minute before the break. One thing that I, people don't really consider when they're thinking about their trees is fertilization. And you've taught me that fertilization is an important part of tree health. How do you get that fertilizer to the tree uh, so that it's effective? You know, there's a, a many different fertilizer, you know, application methods and types out there. But, you know, what we use, which I highly recommend is, is being, you know, the best is, is a liquid fertilizer that's delivered, you know, using like a soil probe, basically, that goes, you know, 8 to 10 inches underneath the, the grade, of, you know, the top of the, the, the ground there. Um, and it's under pressure. So as that uh, liquid fertilizer goes into the ground, it actually, you know, it can it'll fragment the soil, creating some pore space that not only can hold some water for the, the tree roots, but also oxygen. And it's bringing the fertilizer back into, especially in a, in a yard or a lawn situation, um, you know, earth has lost a lot of its mineral content over the years because uh, it's not in a forest setting where that, that's being replenished by leaf litter and, and wood decay and, and so on. So, yeah, fertilizing is important. Um, even if your tree seems to be doing okay, it, it, you know, there's definitely a competition between the, the, the lawn roots and the tree roots for the, the same resources. So bolstering them with some fertilizer is always a good idea. All right, Rob, hang in there. We're going to go to a break. For more information about Davy Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees, Go to Davy.com slash KDKA, and remember, you can always call the experts from Davy Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733, and if you've got any tree questions, give us a call.
866-391-1020. Next hour, it's cookies, it's desserts, pies, and more. Getting ready for the holiday season on the Coons Cooking Hour with Frank Dentisi and me, Rob Pratt. And then Dr. Bridget Schufo helping you keep that weight off and doing it safely. She'll be here in the 9 o'clock hour. And then it is Bear Your Money and You. And then a big day, college basketball and more on the Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday show from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. It's your Pratt Pack. It's a Sunday. Back with more with Doug and Rob on KDKA. Yeah, first of the season, uh, Davey Trees Talking Trees. Rob Jack is here. They were talking spring checklist, and we said if you had any tree questions to give us a call. We have a little bit of everything sprinkled in, but let's uh, talk to Chuck. He's in Butler, and he wants to talk red maple. Hey, Chuck, good morning. Welcome to KDKA. Yeah, good morning. Uh, I had a question about, is it too late to prune like an oak tree, a pin oak? You know, we're the edge of the oak pruning season, Chuck, um, you know, typically years ago, 10 years ago, would say November to like mid-April. But with the, the yeah. temperatures being as warm as they have been recently, that this, you know, this past month even, we're going to be stopping yeah. here you know, by the end of March. So I, I would I'd try to have it, any oak pruning done here in the next week or two, really, um, and, and then done for the season until the weather, the, the temperatures turn cold again. A good question. Okay. Great question. Yeah, and the Rob, other que- question I had was, uh, like, some of them, uh, the, the crotch on the, the uh, coming off the trunk of the tree, if there's some that are upright and have a little space between them, is that a concern? You know, because I know the limbs go out quite a ways and they get too heavy and then they split down. Yeah, so what you want to look for in a branch union, if it's a U shape, it's going to be very strong. If it's a V, okay. sh- a v shape with a sharp point where they, the, the union meets, that's a weak attachment point. So if there's anything, okay. v, you want to try to remove it entirely or reduce okay. it to, re- to reduce the weight and the likelihood, likelihood of failure. All right, let's take another call. Let's talk to uh, Joseph. He's calling from Whitehall today. He's on KDK. Hey, Joe, go ahead. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, two years ago, uh, we purchased uh, upright U's and snowballs, and they have hardly grown at all. Uh, did I over-fertilize the, the ground underneath them? That's a that's a question only a soil test could answer. Um, you know, over fertilization would usually you know cause just you actually burning the plant out. Like it, it would drop needles. It would you know you you'd really see a decline in it. Um, it. It could be you know either just a slow growing plant or um, you know something else in the soil is just not you know cooperating with the plant itself. So that, that's where I would prescribe a soil test to see. You know what you're you're working with, and and what your plan actually would would be its perfect scenario. All right, let's take another call. Let's go to um, Allison Park. Cindy wants to talk to Doug and Rob Crueljack. Hey, Cindy. Good morning. You're on KDKA. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I have a question about clethora. I want to move it from one side of the um, yard to the other. When is the best time to move that clethora? You know, Rob. Yeah. Yeah. For, for me, I. You could move that either in April or you could do it in September. And so you want to do this when the weather is nice and cool. I always say when you want to move some kind of plant, you want to dig a planting hole first. Now, you're not going to know exactly how big to dig it, but 
you want that plant to be out of the ground for the least amount of time. And so you dig this planting hole, uh, you might improve it with a little bit of compost. You don't want it just to be a big hole filled with compost. You want that natural backfill to be mixed with it. Then you lift the plant, move it right over into that hole. Make sure you don't plant it too deep, just like we talked about those trees. And then water, mulch, and you'll be good to go. Again, when we talked about this at the beginning of the show, be sure that the soil's ready for this. So when you start to dig your planting hole, as long as that soil does not stick to the shovel, and I know I sound like a broken record, but that's the way to tell, then you're okay to go. You know, Rob, I wanted to talk real quick. We only got about a minute left. Talk about why we're not pruning oaks as we come out of uh, of winter. It's an important topic. Yeah, uh, it, it, we have a disease, a fungal disease called oak wilt um, in our area, uh, very prevalent. Um, it's it's transmitted mainly by a beetle or through uh, root grafting of one infected tree to another. And the reason we don't want to prune oaks during the summer months is because the the the, the, the sap is flowing. The sap that the beetle feeds on, the beetle's active that carries the spores of this deadly fungus. If your tree gets oak wilt, there's no cure for it. It'll lose its leaves in a matter of weeks, and and that's it. Um, It can be treated uh, preventatively uh, with a fungicide to help protect your tree, and that's important for the summer months when we have these storms where you know, you can get a broken branch or a, a lead in the top of the tree. You may not notice it, but the beetles that transmit the fungus do feed on that sap. And the next thing you know, you're losing the leaves on your oak tree. So, uh, All right, Rob. Uh, Rob and I are going to be working together doing uh, the second season of In Doug's Garden from the Davy Tree Expert Company that will be streaming on KDKA starting in May. We're going to have a lot of fun working back together. For more information about Davy Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees, go to davy.com slash kdka. And remember, you can always call the experts from Davy at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. Hey, I'm answering questions after the show at dougoster.com. You can learn more about my Wednesday webinar showing all the details of my trip to Croatia. Thursday at 5, it's a free gardening class, first of 10. Remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. All right, gentlemen, great job. Stay with us. Your Pratt Pack rolls on for a Sunday after the news at 8 with Rob. It is Frank Dentisi and the Coons Cooking Hour on KDKA. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.